The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Rico Report brought to you by the Buffalo Fanatics. What's going on, people? How goes it? Welcome. We got a show for you today, baby. It's the OTAs. People are making a stink of certain people being there. People are accepting that this is the OTAs and not everybody shows up. You know what I'm saying? And that's the way it goes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we got a show for you guys tonight. Tune in, smash that like while you guys are entering the room, and uh, let's get this party started with uh, what seems to be grabbing the headlines uh, in Bill's Mafia land, and that is the, I guess, the absence of our friend, our guy, Stefan Diggs. I mean, folks, let's not get it twisted. Stefan Diggs has been with the team a few years now, and he just doesn't show up right off the bat. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't show up off the bat. He, he takes a couple days. He's got some, I'm sure, I'm sure he's got some affairs that, that he's taking care of. And then he will show up to camp or to OTAs, if you will, when it's time. And uh, the last few years, he's given it a day or two and then he shows up. And then all is well in Bill's Mafia land. But a, a lot of folks like to make something of it. And really, there should be nothing of it. Because these OTAs are for players that in my opinion, I'll just say in my opinion, are for players, A, that are new, all right? You're new to the team. You're, you're trying to get yourself acquainted with your teammates, with your coaches, uh, everybody in, I mean, under the sun on that team. So it, it makes sense for you to show up, right? That's number one, the new the new members of the team. Your rookies, you know your rookies are going to show up because they, they need to get that damn playbook down. At the end of the day, that's what, that's what, that's what, that's what those OTAs are for. The newbies, the rookies, some guys that are that are coming off of injury that didn't get a chance to play all of last year, like a guy like Trey White, a guy like Vaughn Miller will show up just to kind of get these, the uh, you know what I mean, get get warmed up, get kind of acquainted, get back into the groove of things. Those are the players that necessarily need to be there. And it makes sense for your quarterback to be there. He's the he's the the glue, he's the one that keeps things together. Stefan Diggs not showing up. I mean, my goodness. It's not the end of the world, and and let's not let's not get it twisted. He is a veteran. You know, what I'm saying he's what eight nine years into the league. I'm pretty sure by now he knows how to prepare. And I feel I, I feel like as if I'm repeating myself because I think this was the same same mess that happened last year. These veterans, these guys that know how to prepare, that know how to get themselves ready, don't necessarily need to be here at these OTAs. He's got great rapport with Josh Allen, and it never misses a beat. They get right back into it. He's got great rapport with the coach. He's got great rapport with his teammates. It, not a big deal, him not being there on day one. You know what I'm saying? Even if he skips the whole thing, which I probably doubt he will, he'll probably be there in the next couple of days. And then all is well with the world, and we ain't got to freak out. But that that's just, I mean, I'm not saying 
most Bills fans are freaking out. But I mean, it seems to be a topic every year. And it's always solved with him showing up with his hoochie daddy shorts and he's ready to go. Hey, he's ready to go. Now there are some, some new faces in the receiving room that I'm, I'm loving to hear. And uh, it turns out uh, a question was asked to Josh Allen, Josh. I mean, it's, it's extremely early for him to be answering those type of questions, but Hey, why not ask the questions anyway? Right. Hey, Josh, anybody stand out to you that you, that you're, you've taken notice of and, Usually, hey, man, everybody's here. Everybody's here to do their thing, so on and so forth. But uh, there was a name that popped out of Josh Allen's mouth, and that was Mr. Trent Sherfield. Sherfield is, is catching eyes, and I guess he's caught the eye of our guy Josh Allen. And these OTAs, especially with Josh Allen leading the way, and especially with Stefan Diggs not being part of the OTAs, this is great for guys like Sherfield, this is great for guys like Khalil Shakir. This is great for Deontay Hardy. This is great for the new guys getting onto the squad because not only, I mean, everybody's going to get a turn. They're going to get their reps, but it, it allows the, the coaches. It allows, you know what I'm saying? Other teammates to notice the others when 14's not there. Okay. Maybe I'll notice 10 more. Maybe I'll notice, you know what I'm saying? 86, 88. Right. So those are the those are the good things, if you will, if when these veteran guys don't show up, because it allows the young guys to make a name for themselves. Although OTAs, not a whole lot, but you'll get something like Trent Sherfield caught my eye. Right. If Stefan Diggs is there today, maybe Trent for Sherfield doesn't because there's there's too much going on with, you know, what I'm saying bringing Stefan Diggs back and we're trying to get that chemistry back. You know how it is. But I mean, they won't lose that chemistry. That chemistry is going to be brought back with no with no issue. So guys like Trent Sherfield is popping on, on the screen and popping on the radar for our, our guy, Josh Allen. So that's always great to hear. And like my man, Dave Cooler said, this, this OTA's keyword voluntary. You know what I'm saying? That is the keyword. The keyword is voluntary. We don't got to be here. Now, the optics, does it look terrible? Does it look bad? Or does it, you know what I mean? Does it stand out? However you want to look at it, however most folks want to look at it. At the end of the day, what it, what it turns out to be is voluntary. So I'll get there when I get there, and we're going to keep it rocking because you guys already know how I do. And that's Stefan Diggs, man. So nothing to worry about with Stefan Diggs, but what I do appreciate when things like this happen where, where Stefan may not show up or somebody else, let's just say Dawson Knox doesn't show up, just putting it out there, others get an opportunity to kind of make a name and try to show, show their skill set. Here's why you brought me in as a free agent. I want to show you. And Trent Sherfield seems to be uh, on day one, knocking that out of the park. You know what I'm saying? Very, very, very early to even, to even be mentioning the likes of a Trent Sherfield, but it's the OTAs. These are the storylines that are being talked about, and uh, it's really good to hear. And if you remember, man, when Trent, uh, when Sherfield came to the Bills, a lot of, I mean, he was the late in the, late in the season for the, um, for the Miami Dolphins. He was receiver three. He was receiver three behind the big two. So it's not like he's a scrub. He ain't no scrub. And Miami Dolphins fans and even the players were like, they were kind of shocked that they didn't retain the likes of Trent Sherfield. They thought he'd be he'd be back. He's a locker room guy. And they liked him. They loved him very much in that locker room. So we brought a solid piece to this team. We brought a locker room guy to the Bills. And he seems to be making a name for himself day one of OTAs. Early, very early. But nonetheless, 
he's he's got he's caught the eye of 17. Now speaking of 17, 17 uh has mentioned it often. Um actually hasn't mentioned it often, but has been quoted and plastered everywhere. Uh and I mean there's not many places you won't see it, but he is as laser focused as he's ever been. He's as focused as he's ever been. And again, it was quoted today. So he is dialed all the way in. And I think he knows what's at stake here. I mean, too often we're talking about what the heck happened to the Bills in the postseason. We were this close just a couple of years ago. And it looks like it's just that we just can't get over that hump. Whatever that hump is, we just can't get over that hump. So maybe his laser focus, maybe his his ability to get to galvanize and get these guys ready will be what we need. And uh, maybe this uh, is that, it's that focus. I mean, uh, there was uh, on good morning football. Uh, I think it was uh, McCoy, who was it that was talking? It was a defensive tackle from the bucks. Uh, is it McCoy, Joe McCoy? I can't even recall, but uh, he was saying, listen, man, this team is a good team. And the, the, the question was, do you need to add D hop? He's like, honestly, adding D hop doesn't make this, this offense become better this offense was already damn good right so you don't really need to add a d hop because this offense was already humming it was already great problem was when these guys got in in crucial games where you needed your focus when you needed your attention and you needed to bring what you brought during the regular season into the postseason it wasn't there and he pointed out the reason gerald mccoy thank you namdi gerald mccoy pointed out that listen man if you you look at why the Bills, you know what I'm saying, fell behind in these games, penalties. And it's a great point. I'm not saying, and I'm sure he's not just pointing at that, and that's why the Bills are where they are. But it doesn't help. These penalties kill momentum. These penalties give the advantage to the opposition. These penalties will destroy anything that you have going if you're trying to win these games. You hear it. It's all about discipline. I remember just a few years back. The Bills were just getting penalized left, right, center. There was no discipline. So that was something that we needed to work on. It seems as though the discipline goes out the window when they get into the playoffs. You can't. Postseason is where you've got to be at your best. Postseason is when you got to be uh, so dialed in and laser focused that these, these silly mistakes aren't happening. And when these silly mistakes happen, guess what? Your opportunity to score goes out the window because now you've lost it down. You've now made, you've now lost 10 yards. You're now behind. Now you've got to go into a whole concoction of a new play and now momentum's gone, right? You're ready to stop a team on fourth and third and third and nine, third and six. You get a big stop. Defensive holding. I mean, little things like that matter. Um, And did that hinder us a little bit in the postseason? I'm sure. But I mean, at the end of the day, when you look at it, we just got out, outplayed outcoached when it came to that Bengals game. That Bengals game, that still sits with me. I don't know about y'all, but that Bengals game still sits with me to this day because of just how badly we didn't show up. Because that team that we saw on that field wasn't the team that we're accustomed to whatsoever. I mean, just the other day, poor poor Isaiah McKenzie. Isaiah McKenzie, somewhat kind of, he kind of got dragged a little bit on the internet. Um, and he said, listen, man, if you play that game in a dome and there's no snow, that's a different ball game, whether true or not. You know what I'm saying? True or not. We still have got our tails beat down. We got our tails whooped. And I don't think it would have mattered whether we were in a dome, whether it wasn't snowing, all of the above. We just got played. We got outplayed. We got worked. 
And that's what happens, man. That's what that's what happens when you're not focused, you're, you're creating, you're, you're committing penalties, and you're just not there. You're just not there. And Isaiah McKenzie, poor Isaiah McKenzie, said that. And some some of it might be true. Maybe in an in another, you know, what I'm saying situation where we're in a warm area, there's no snow. Maybe the game is the same, or maybe it turns out that we are better. It, it really, at the end of the day, doesn't matter. It sounds. I'm not a fan of it. Well, I could have beat you if. I'm not a fan of all that. You know what I'm saying? Now, I didn't watch that portion of the of the pod. There must have been, there should be, I'm sure there's some kind of context as to why that was brought up. I'm sure he didn't just bring it up on his own. I'm sure he was, I want to say coaxed, but I'm sure he was primed. They primed him with a question and boom, he answered it. But at the, at the end of the day, listen, man, we can't excuse that poor play. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, if you go back to watch the Dolphins game, we, we nearly lost that one. If we didn't, if we didn't make the stops that we made, you know, what I'm saying if we make the plays that we made, I mean, shoot, that thing was 34-33 or 34-31 or something like that. Something, something really close, too close for my liking. So when you when you win a close game against a quarterback not nearly on the level of Josh Allen or Joe Burrow, and now you're gonna go face Joe Burrow and the boys, ugh, that performance right there should have told you, okay, we ain't ready, we ain't ready. And some might say, you know what, we needed that. We needed that type of play. We needed that game to really get us go, but it never, it never happened. That that game against the Dolphins should have told us, yo, we got a long way to go. We got a long way to go. I know that we won like eight, nine straight, but that was too close for comfort. And that game being too close for too close for comfort, well, the Dolphins, the, the the Bengals were like, I don't give a damn how close it's going. It was with you with the Dolphins. We're gonna show you. And if you go back and look at the Ravens and the Bengals game, that was a close one. That was that was real tight. But when you face the Bills and the Bengals, you put them together, the better team won at the end of the day. But I found that very interesting that Isaiah McKenzie brought that, that up. But I bring it up just to kind of kind of bring back, bring it back full circle that with, with all the changes that are happening and all the things that are happening this year, we've got to be laser focused. And that's Josh Allen. It falls on Josh Allen. Be laser focused. Galvanize your guys. Get your guys going, and let's run it. Not just run it in the off season. Not just run it during the regular season, but postseason and where it matters the most. Right? Regular season is great. Postseason is where you got to show exactly what's good. Exactly what's good. So, um, shout out to to Josh Allen being laser focused and ready. We're all looking forward to it, and let's get that thing popping. Right? Um, we've now officially reached our ninety man roster. 90-man roster has officially been reached. We just signed uh, Dean Marlowe back to the squad. So we've got another safety added to the squad, which is nice. I, I am mad at that at all. Um, we've got some nice depth. And Dean Marlowe comes back to a, a defense that he's familiar with. He comes back to a team he's familiar with. So you got to give uh, a big shout-out to, to our guy, Dean Marlowe. So Dean Marlowe comes back. And uh, we've also signed Joel Wilson tight end and he finishes off or he tails off the end of that 90 man so we are officially at 90 men on the roster so now the fun begins the fun begins this is where everyone is pretty much on the same level at this point minus you know i mean the stars on the squad and you got to prove it you got to prove it and i'm hoping that this year is one of those moments where it's not about who you are it's not about where you got drafted it's not about how much money you got in free agency. It's about can you play? And that's what I want. 
I don't care that we gave McGovern all that money. Can you play? Will you earn that spot? I don't care that we signed Taylor Rapp to the squad. You know what I'm saying? I don't care that we brought back Jordan Poyer, although I love Jordan Poyer and I love that he's back on the squad. But like, you got to prove it yet again that you're that guy. You got to prove it that you're, you're the man for that position. Damian Harris coming in as a free agent, you better show us why we brought you here. He felt that it was the right call, it was the right move, and the right temperature for him to come to the Bills. Well, show us what's good. James Cook, Naeem Hines, Latavius Murray. I mean, it's going to be a battle. We're going to find out what's going on. So, like, this is where best man is going to earn the spot. And it starts, sometimes some might disagree, but it starts in OTAs. Show me how in shape you are. Because that stands out as well. Somebody comes in, you can just tell somebody is in freaking shape. They look good. They're crisp. They're fresh. You're like, oh, snap. I can tell who was in the gym. I can tell who was conditioned for this. I can tell who's coming in. Lovely to see. Uh, another point that I want to make with OTAs and OTA news, uh, it looks as though there was some footage out there. I mean, the question, all I mean, all pre-draft and after the post-draft was, Who's going to fill that MLB position, that Mike position, that middle linebacker position? Is it going to be Doran Williams? Is Doran Williams too small? Is he more of an is he more of an outside backer? Let's keep the inside backer for the beefy guys, right? And there was never really any indication of who's going to be. There was no, I, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you that it's going to be. There were, everybody was kind of tight-lipped a little bit. They would talk about it, but they kind of pull back. So it turns out, Dorian Williams was taking reps at middle linebacker. What do you say? Middle linebacker Dorian Williams. So uh, Mr. Williams potentially has the ability to man that spot that is vacated by the Tremaine Edmonds. Tremaine Edmonds signed a big-time contract with the Bears. So it turns out that we've got, a, we've got an opening. And who does that opening fall onto? Who will earn that spot? Baylen Spector is going to be gunning for that spot. Terrell Bernard potentially would be gunning for that spot, whether they see him as a true MLB, we'll see. And then you've got Dorian Williams in there. And don't forget, we got Tyrell Dotson that that's got probably the, the biggest edge on getting in there because of the experience that he's gotten and, and the ability that he, he brings to the team. So a big type thumper type of linebacker. So who gets that spot? That will be the big question. So that's going to be a big camp battle that we'll be watching uh, this offseason. Uh, let me give a shout out to my man, James, my fellow Canadian, James. What's up, James? James comes in and says, hey, Rico, hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing well, too, James. Uh, on paper, we look definitely better than last year versus last year. Definitely on offense. And uh, and other than Edmonds' loss, pretty decent on defense. We look on paper. I mean, I've I've read people, I've read folks that say that we actually got better this year. If you think about it and you look at where... We needed to improve. We made the adjustments and we've improved. If you look at where we were at the O-line position, take a look at who we've added in this offseason. There's, there's an improvement there. And let's not forget, we've got a third year, Mr. Spencer Brown coming in, potentially healthy. Maybe he's better. The one thing that I will tell folks is that whether we believe that Spencer Brown will be better, nothing shows us he'll be better because last year he wasn't, that great his rookie year he was not good there too so there hasn't been where you're like okay he's putting it together we're going to find out what spencer brown is made of no no we haven't seen much of what we're supposed to get from spencer brown that's in the past game and that's also in the run game we've seen inconsistency that's what we've seen 
from Spencer Brown. So I need a lot from Spencer Brown this offseason. And did we get better on the offensive line overall? I believe so. And I hope it's it, that we can sustain it. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, the addition of Taylor Rapp makes a big difference. We've got a lot of guys coming back on the defensive front. We've added Puna Ford. That's a big-time addition. So we'll see. Dorian Williams coming through. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. On the offensive side of the ball, we drafted rookie tight end Dalton Kincaid. Will that open up this offense? Damian Harris, Latavius Murray. So we will see. Did we get better? It's hard for me to see. It's hard for me to say. I will disagree with we got better. I think we're pretty much on the even keel. Um, and uh, I'm hoping that we get some, some names that pop up that we didn't expect to pop up and we see some things. But when you look at the paper, it's just, it looks pretty much the same to me. I didn't see too much high, high regards on certain players that we've added and, and, and not too low either. It's just even cute, even cute, but I'm not mad at you though. If you feel that we got better, then I hope that you're correct because I want to, I want to be able to, to celebrate that as well. Um, so D Marlowe comes back, Joe Wilson, uh, we got the 90 man team and, uh, and here we are. We're set and ready to go. So, folks, um, if you're tuned in for the very first time, salute to y'all from Facebook, Twitter, um, you know what I'm saying, YouTube. Salute to y'all, man. Smash that like while you guys are in here. And uh, let's get to the premise of the show. And all teams from all facets have role players, whether it's not on a team, whether it's in your family construct, right? Everyone's got a role. Everyone's got a role. Husband's got a role. Wife's got a role. You know what I'm saying? Some kids have chores and they've got their role to play. Everyone has got their role to play. When you look at, uh, you know what I'm saying? You look at the bills. Everyone's got a role to pay, play. Excuse me. You got Coach McDermott. He's got that role. He's got he's to coach that team to the best of their abilities. You got, you know what I mean, Brandon Bean. Brandon Bean, his role is to, to, to fill this roster with, with solid players and, I'll, and get to the goal. And the goal is to win the Super Bowl. And, I mean, look at my Lakers, man. My Lakers, I'll talk, I'll talk about my Lakers. It's a tough, tough, tough time right now for Lakers fans because having, having the brooms brought out on you guys uh, against a very good team in the Denver Nuggets, you know what I'm saying, it's tough. Tough to swallow. So, I'm going to say this, man. When you watch the Lakers play the, the Denver, the Denver, I was about to say Broncos, the Denver Nuggets, we had some role players, but some guys did not play their role. D'Angelo Russell. We need that. That was our guy that was giving me that, that point that could shoot. And he was cold as ice. He was cold as ice. And he was supposed to be a role player that stepped up and helped us. During the regular season, he was looking good. During the first series, he looked fantastic. But we needed more of him. We didn't get anything from him, right? LeBron James plays his role. He's been playing multiple roles, trying to keep this thing going. My man put up 40, 10, and 10. You know what I'm saying? Like, he tripled up a 40-point game. Not good enough. But if you look at the Denver Denver Nuggets, you know what I'm saying? Jokic plays a wonderful role. You know what I'm saying? You, you got Jamal Murray plays his role. Like, you, you've got guys that know Caldwell Pope. He knows his role. Role players play a big part in the success of teams. So let's fast forward to this Buffalo Bills team. Do we have role players on the squad that will help us get over the edge. We know we have our star players, right? You know who they are. It's the main guys. 
Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. You're saying you go to defense on Von Miller, Jordan Poyer. You're saying Trey White. And I'm talking about healthy. These guys are healthy, healthy guys. When they're healthy, they are your star players. Gabe Davis, he has star potential. He's got star potential. I mean, he started off hot last year. And then, then he got cold, cold as ice. But he was hot as fish grease. We saw big things coming for Gabe Davis. So we need role players. And when you when you make your way, when you make your way, hold on a second. So my man said, James, I wouldn't call uh, Murray joking. No, no, I'm not saying those guys are role players, but everybody's got their role. Everybody's got their role. You know what I'm saying? Caldwell Pope ain't no star. That's why I mentioned Caldwell Pope. He knows his role. He's a role player. He, he got the job done when he need to. Three and D. Not a bad defender. I know Caldwell Pope. He was, my, he was a for, former Laker. You know, so I know very well. But totally understand. Murray's a star. Canadian boy. Nice player. Joe Kick. Joe Kick is that dude. You can't even hate. Can't even hate. Now, when you look at this, this, this roster, this Bills roster, I kind of put, I put, a, I put a plan. I put a, a five. It it took me time. I was like, yo, who could I put in these roles? And I mean, I'm looking at these, these players, and I know who our star players are. Stephon Diggs is a star. I'm not going to. He's a role player. No, no. We want guys that, if given the opportunity and when given the opportunity, we need you to capitalize. And that is the role I'm talking about, the role players. And I'm going to name my five role players that will help us succeed. Not only in the regular season, but in the postseason this coming year. And uh, let's let's start this thing off right away. And uh, I'm going to start with my number five on the list. And that's Boogie Basham. Boogie Basham is an intriguing one because he's he's a big boy, man. He's an imposing, he's an imposing figure at six, what six, I think he's like six five. Let me get my nose down for that. He's at, he's sitting at what what how tall is my man? Where's my notes at? Where are my notes at? Bo- Boogie Basham, 6'1, 283. Excuse me, I said 6'5. 6'1, 283. All right. So he ain't the tallest, but he's beefy. And we drafted this brother in the second round. So it's not like we drafted him in the fifth. Not like we drafted him in the fourth for him to be a developmental player. We drafted him in the second round. Now, granted, when we drafted Boogie, we drafted AJ Epinesa ahead of him. And we had two aging players on our team, Mario. We had Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes. So in hindsight, when you see, okay, yeah, we, we drafted two players back-to-back on the edge. Clearly, it's to replace the old heads, right? Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison. So that being said, I'm like, okay, so this will be interesting. If, if one doesn't play out right off the bat, at least you got AJ, you got, excuse me, you've got, our guy, Greg Rousseau, ready to go. So Boogie Basham, to me, is a big-time role player that I see has to step up. And I believe he will. I think he's got, I think he's got the goods. I think he's 6'3". Thank you. I said 6'. Why do I have 6'1 there? 6'3", 283. I must have got those things messed up, right? So 6'3", 283. Finished with 18 tackles last year, two sacks, and 13 hurries. He had a not a bad grade on PFF. He had a 63.2 grade on PFF. Now, Rousseau excelled in his role. Rousseau had a lot of pressure going on him, and he showed out. And there were and he finished the year last year with eight sacks, tied 
tied with obviously Von Miller. Von Miller went out. So Greg Rousseau being in his role kind of shadowed or overshadowed, if you will, Boogie Basham, especially the fact that we signed Von Miller. I don't think that was in the plans, but when you have an opportunity to sign a big time player, you got to do it. So that kind of put Boogie Basham back on the, okay, I mean, I'm more, I got to sit and wait for my, my opportunity. Yes, I know this defense is a very rotational defense. You got to move pieces around, but I won't get the time that I thought I was going to get before we brought in Von Miller. So I've got to buy my time. Well, guess what? Mr. Boogie Basham, you're going to have an opportunity. You're going to have an opportunity all camp. You're going to have an opportunity in preseason. And at least for the first, and I'll, I'll use this for the first six weeks, you're going to have an opportunity because our guy Von Miller says he guarantees that he's he's not going to miss more than six games. So that puts that at the Giants game. If it's not that, if he comes back sooner, that's the London game. So we we could have potentially Von Miller back in London or Von Miller back against the Giants in Week Six. But we know, or he be or he be he could be there Week One. But you don't want to push it. So Boogie has an opportunity to become a nice role player. Get yourself hot. And if Von Miller does come in, at least, you know, when your number's called, you're ready to contribute. I mean, even in college, he wasn't a bad player. He had 20.5 sacks in college. That was the fourth most in history, on that school history. And he's a versatile player. And that's what, that's what McDermott wants. He wants guys that are not just one-dimensional. Can you play outside? Can you play inside? So I need to see Boogie Basham have a monster year. I need to see him have a nice role cut out from on this team and i think that's gonna happen and i think that uh him being able to play the five tech him being able to slide into the three tech i think that we can see a lot more coming from boogie basham and i really want to see that so to me my number five role player coming into this year is boogie basham i really want to see big things from boogie and right now it turns out that with the year that i think he's gonna have you got he's he's opening eyes from his fellow colleagues and he even said, see, I, I love it. John Robert. John Robert says, yo, Boogie impressed Vaughn. So let's go, man. And Vaughn is is is, is a, a GM in the making. So we'll find out. We're going to find out. But that's the one guy that I, I see at I number, my number five that I feel like a role player, if a role is cut out for this player, this guy could be a very big role, tie, role player. And when you have guys that play their role, that do what they're supposed to do, that do their, if you will, 111, Big things are coming. Big, we got big things coming this way. But it, start, it starts with the guys like Boogie Basham at 6'3", 283, former second-round pick. Let's go, man. Wake Forest, he was a beast at Wake Forest, man. Like, they knew, who, they knew who Boogie Basham was when he was at Wake Forest. So show us what you got with this Bills team, and you're going to have your opportunities. You're going to have that. So take full advantage of it. Let's go. I'm very excited for to see what Boogie Basham brings. And that's number five. Let me go to number four. And I battled with number four. I wasn't sure what I was going to do with number four. But you know what? AJ Epinesa. And most folks might say, what? AJ Epinesa at number four? Yes, AJ Epinesa at number four. I mean, listen, folks. AJ Epinesa, former second-round pick. Our first-round pick was obviously given to uh, to Stefan Diggs so we could bring on Stefan Diggs. So we didn't have a first-round pick that year. So we drafted our first pick that year in the second round. And it was AJ Epinesa. And most folks might say, man, that guy's a bum. Get him out of here. But you know what? That bum 
had six and a half sacks last year, a quiet six and a half sacks. Now I've had shows before where I've explained to you guys what, how I felt about AJ Epinesa, but I, I have to put him in my role players that I think that need to step their game up, especially with the absence of Von Miller. When you finish the year in six and a half sacks, that means you're starting to, it, things are starting to click and things started to click for AJ Epinesa during the mid year and, and ended the year pretty strong. And that's what I need from AJ Epinesa going into this year. This might be his last year with this team. Do we bring him back on a modest deal or is, is he touching free agency at the end of the year? So this is a massive year. Not only is it a massive year for him on this team, but this is, this is, this is an ability for you to, to create tape for the rest of the league because now you become a free agent next year. So this is a massive year. This is one of those contract years for guys like AJ Epinesa. Six and a half sacks, you can't go wrong with, with a guy like that. AJ Epinesa last year, I'll tell you, um, with the absence of Von Miller, he took advantage. And that's what you want with your role player. When your role player, when a, a player is, has got the ability to, to seize a moment, seize his moment, and create as much as he can in the little time that he's, get, that he's getting, you want that. I mean, if you compare the statistics in terms of snaps to Greg Rousseau, he had less snaps than Greg Rousseau, less opportunity, but capitalized with six and a half sacks. That's what I call efficiency. So a little more time, a little more ability to get on the field. You have him and Boogie Basham creating their, their roles for themselves and excelling. That's what we want. That exactly what we want. So a big time situation for AJ Epinesa can present itself this coming year. And I love it. And I, and I see the challenge that AJ Epinesa is going to bring. I mean, he started, I mean, he's had to transform his body so much in this time. I mean, he came in as a bigger guy then lost a ton of weight to get a little faster on the edge. So I think that he's, he's finally found the niche where he needs to be at around that 260, 265 ish range. And if he can maintain that type of weight, who knows? Sky's the limit for a guy like AJ Epinesa. So AJ Epinesa coming through at number four, I think creates uh, intrigue, especially with how he ended this year. And I mean, six and a half fat, six and a half sacks is nothing to scoff at. So you want to see someone build off of it. Was it a fluke or are you the real deal? And are you, are you now going to show us who you really are? Are you going to show us your true colors? And that's what I look forward to seeing. So uh, is AJ the, the answer behind Von Miller? We have no idea. We have no idea. Some might say, nah, I, don't, I just don't see it. And it's cool too. He may not be that guy. But the fact is, the fact is this, six and a half sacks, is nothing to scoff at. So if he can build off of that six and a half sacks and build off momentum from last year with the opening on that edge, that creates a big, big opportunity for AJ Epinesa. So shout out to AJ Epinesa. That is my number four role player that needs to step up that's going to help us succeed and really get us going. Because guess what? The name of the game is getting after the quarterback. The name of the game is disrupting the quarterback. The name of the game is Get in that backfield and making things uncomfortable. And if you're making things uncomfortable for the quarterback, he's throwing it up. You know what I'm saying? It's duck season. We want that. We want that. We want that pressure. We want these guys uncomfortable in the pack in the pocket. So if we can get those things happening, advantage builds. Question is, is he going to answer the call? That's what it comes down to. Will these role players answer the call? Because they've got the opportunity. 
And every one of these guys are going to have opportunities that are on this list. Question is, are they going to answer the call? That's what it comes down to. If somebody said it's rabbit season, whatever you want to call it, man, duck season, rabbit season, get after it. You got to get after it. So that is my number four role player for this upcoming season. That's going to give us that success. So my question to you guys, who is my number three player? Before I get in there, I'm going to go to the chat. Who do you, who would you put in as your number three? Or who do you see as a role player that needs to have a big year this year? That's going to, or that will have a big year. That's going to give us a hand in what we need to do to succeed. And I'd love to see what you guys have in there. Uh, in the meantime, uh, what I want to touch on is uh, this, uh, this whole news of these OTAs of, of Von Miller coming in at six, uh, six weeks in. He's confident. He's guaranteeing that he's going to be that guy. He's going to be that guy ready to go. Now, a lot of times, I mean, at, at one point last year, we thought he was going to come back for the playoffs, right? Because we were like, oh, snap. Like, he might just need a little time, and he'll be ready to go. And it turned out that he actually had a tear, and he's, he was done for the season. Uh, but the way he was talking, it sounded like he was ready to come back. So uh, we have a very motivated Von Miller coming back this offseason and this, this, this season, and maybe it could be week one or it could be week six. But he's telling us, ain't going to go past week six. You're going to see me. I'm looking forward to that. Let's go. So uh, let me get back to the list and uh, who do you guys see cutting there, cutting a position up for themselves as a role player. Uh, so uh, let me let me get some questions from the chat before I move to my number three role player. So I got my guy, Joey Hatch Jr. What's up, Joey? Joey says, according to Von Miller, he'll be ready for preseason, but not according to his progression. So that's the thing, man. Von Miller does a lot of talking. Love the guy, but does a lot of talking, right? I mean, this guy's coming to this team and I'm this, then all this chatter. You know what I'm saying? I might be coming back this, this, this year. And this was last year. I might be coming back right before the season. So there's a lot of chatter. There's a lot of talk. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that he a liar. I'm not, not at all like that. I think he's very optimistic. And uh, with his optimism, they probably told him, yo, chill out. We are shutting you down. If it were up to you, you probably would go in there. But for your own safety and for your own good, you're shut down for the league, you're shut down for the year. Calm down, relax, take it easy. You got an off season, and when you're ready to go, we'll get you back in there. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but I'm I'm in on it, man. I'm in on it. Uh, Kim Bet says, uh, "I know Rico has no love for Cook. That's not true. Don't say I have no love for Cook. I just need to see something for Cook. I don't hate the man. I mean, he's on my squad. I don't like. I don't hate anybody that's on my squad because you're on my team. I got love for you. You know what I'm saying? So, but don't get me wrong. I, I'm also a harsh critic." You guys already know that some people want to call me a hater sometimes. I don't give a damn. I'm a harsh critic, and I need to see more from the second-round draft pick in James Cook. And if he brings what I believe he can bring and we utilize him the way we're supposed to, more power to it. But I need to see it because I didn't see enough last year for me to say, yo, you know what? I think we got some. I think we got some. I didn't really see much. I saw some good games, and I also saw some opportunities where I'm like, oof, that doesn't look good. That's supposed to be our number one guy. But then I also see games where I'm like, damn, that if, if this guy hits the gym, gets a little heavier, he could be a big problem for the league. So I see that potential in James Cook. But I, I'm not hitting. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, James Cook, I like James Cook. But I mean, every, but when someone's, when someone's critical against a team, against a player, they're deemed a hater. I ain't no hater, man. I just keep it a buck. I keep it a buck as much as I can. So who is my number three player? Number three role player that should and will help us succeed this year. Well, let me get right to it. My number three player falls on none other than Khalil Shakir. And Khalil Shakir is a big one for me. And uh, I, I thought about having him higher, but I think this is apropos. I think this is the right, the right number for him. And I went defense twice with Boogie and AJ. I had to switch it over back to the offensive side. If you guys believe that Khalil Shakir is, is, is going to carve himself a nice role. Smash that like while you guys are here. So check this out. Khalil Shakir. Fifth round draft pick. And while we drafted him in the fifth round, there were, there were several teams apparently coveting, coveting Khalil Shakir. And the fact that we jumped and got him made a lot of teams, a few teams at least, upset that were like, ah, we got him. So we know we have someone nice. I mean, I've, I've gone... To the point where I've heard someone call him Mini. Um, uh, who's that? I always get this happens to me all the time. Uh, receiver out of uh, the San Fran. Uh, why am I missing his name? I want to say stupid. It's not Snoop. Uh, the young buck out of San Fran. Anyway, they they call him a Mini, a Mini boy from you. From ah, it's killing me. Please help me out. So it, it's not the boy that's doing big things in San Fran. Nineteen. Uh, gave me Debo Samson sake. Anyway, Debo. They used to, I don't know where I read this. I read this article that they called him Debo, little mini Debo Samuel. I don't see, I don't see the games similar. I don't see their games similar to truth be told, but he's got the ability because of what he can do. He can go inside. He can go outside. You can put him in the backfield. So I think that's what they mean by Debo. Debo plays different. Debo plays hard. You feel me? I haven't, I can't tell you that Khalil Shakir plays that way because we haven't seen it. We haven't seen him have the ability to do that. Um, so could this be the year that they explore more with Khalil Shakir? Uh, we'll see. We will see. But this is the one player that I see on the offensive side of the ball that I feel that could really carve out a role for himself. And you, we've seen it. We've seen what teams can do when they really want to take out Stefan Diggs or at least, at least cover him so damn well or double him so damn well that we have to kind of look for other avenues. And when it did happen, we didn't really have that other avenue to kind of take away the pressure off of Stefan Diggs, right? Obviously, Gabe Davis, is he's, an, he's a fantastic player. He's a nice player. But I mean, every time I think back, I go back and look at that Jets game where they put their number one receiver, excuse me, with number one corner, on Gabe Davis, double team on Stefan Diggs, and then we were stuck. We were kind of like, where's the identity of our offense? And we just couldn't do the things that we wanted to do. So enter Khalil Shakir. And Khalil has the ability as a second-year player to come in and say, okay, you've seen what I can do, you guys. It's not like I'm some scrub. I finished the year with 10 receptions, 161 yards. My best game came against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I had three receptions. 75 yards and a touchdown. And I had a clutch catch. I climbed that ladder and caught that in the air because I'm trusted. You can trust me. I can go and make a play for you. 
So why didn't we see enough of them? Why didn't we see enough? Well, I feel like we just got minimal amount of Khalil Shakir, more out of Isaiah McKenzie. And not that it's a slight on Isaiah McKenzie, because I love Isaiah McKenzie, but a lot of times during the year, we were saying, okay, let us see more of Khalil Shakir. And that we never got. And when you did see him in there, he gave you he gave you something to say, okay, we got something. We got something in there in that Kalusha Kirkin. But we just, for some odd reason, we just couldn't put something together. I just don't get it. So hopefully, eyes are wide open this year, and we're able to put something together and put some packages together for Kalusha Kirk so it can show us what we can do. Because I'm going to tell you right now, man, teams, I mean, not that teams will figure this out, because it's difficult to figure out when you have a guy like Josh Allen that you think you want to double team this guy, I'm just going to use my legs. We have a, a, a Gabe Davis, you know what I'm saying, was nursing an, an ankle injury, and I, know, I don't know how much it hindered him all year round, but, like, these guys are going to go in healthy, but a third receiver helps. Deontay Hardy is going to stretch the field. I don't know where he's going to fall in line in terms of who takes that third, that third receiver spot. Trent Sherfield is on the squad. Who knows? He's already kind of opening eyes with Josh Allen. Does he take that third spot? Who knows? But one thing I do want to see is I want to see my guy, Khalil Shakir, get an opportunity and carve himself a role in this offense so he can eat just like Stephon Diggs is going to eat, just like Gabe Davis is going to eat, just like Kincaid is going to eat, Dawson Knox is going to eat. So try to find your niche somewhere and carve out something for yourself and show them what you can do. You already have a sample size on film that they know. So let's go back there, double up on what you did last year, and let's see some good things. So if if Khalil Shakir can carve out himself a role with this team, sky's the limit. The sky's the limit on this, man. So you can't you can't go wrong, man. They dropped this man, this brother, in the fifth round. And I'm going to tell you something. There was something that stood out uh, to me about, uh, about Khalil Shakir that is, that is going to help him gain this his opportunity and gain the spot so according to pff he was graded the number one receiver uh rookie excuse me rookie receiver in terms of separation 48.5 percent that rate right there is better than rookie of the year garrett wilson you know what i'm saying rookie chris olave and this was based off 70 snaps 70 snaps in man to man my man got open 34 times out of that, leading the way at 48.5%. So near damn near 50% of the time that he's on that field, and if it's man-to-man, I got you. I got you. And it's only going to get better because he's getting more comfortable in this offense. So you have something solid in Khalil Shakir. You have something solid. He gave you a small sample size. So take full advantage of it. And he's already given you something for you to know. If you put me man-to-man... Yo, 48% of the time, but almost 50%, I'm, I'm, my separation, I got you. I'm, I'm going to give you what you need, especially in that third role. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. I'm looking forward to seeing them take full advantage of the young, the young player in Kalisha Care. So uh, good things are coming, man. Six foot, 100, what, 180 bucks, 180 pounds. So he's not a small guy. So get him the football. Get in the football. Let's see what he can do. And uh, let's carve out a role for him. So that that's on Ken Dorsey. That's on the offensive coordinators. That's on, that's on this team to figure out who has the best role and he's going to take over. That's why that third receiver spot is going to be crucial. 
I love to see who's going to get it. Khalil might have the opportunity or might have that shot based on him going into second year on this th- on this team. He's got the edge over these other guys. So hopefully we can see something happen with those guys. So to me, Khalil Shakir is the number three role player going into this year. Number two. Who do you think is my number two player? Who is my number two player going into this year? Role player. You need to cover out your role. You're that guy. With you doing what you do, we're going to have success. Folks, I'm going to let you guys choose. Who is it that you think is my number two role player? I see Groot. Groot is going to be my role player. To me, Groot is going to be entrenched in that. I don't think he's, I think he's, he's outgrown role player. I think he's going to be bigger than a role player. He's going to be starter. He's going to be a guy that's going to have a big time game. Uh, I see a lot of Osiris, Justin Shorter, Matt Milano, uh, James Cook, Dawson Knox. Well, here, here it is, folks. My role player that I that I believe is going to be number two role player, and that's Naeem Hines. Naeem Hines is to me. I battled with him being number one because of his about because of his dual role that he'll be playing, but. Let me let me just let me put it this way, man. Folks, we traded for this brother. We traded for Naeem Hines, not only for his ability to be able to run the football, his ability to catch out of the backfield, but most importantly, he's got the ability to kick and punt return. And that role is a massive role because what that does, it plays on our field position. Field position is so key in the NFL. If you can give your team the advantage. You can give your team ability to get above the 50-yard line. You're laughing. You're laughing because now you've eliminated a lot of the plays. Okay, let me run this play because we're back in our 30-yard line. Okay, we, this play is a, a – this is designed to get us about 10 yards. Let's, let's, we could do those things. Or you know what? Now we're in their, in their end zone. Okay, we could run the ball a little bit more. We have a little bit more breathing room. So we can, So many things can be done when you have field position. And that's what Naeem Hines brings to the squad, field position. But most importantly, it's a dual threat that he brings you. Like, you can have him line up in the backfield. You can line him, you can have him line up in the slot, line up out wide. That's the offensive versatility this brother brings to you. So you can have James Cook sitting here in the backfield, and then you bring in Naeem Hines to kind of, you know what I mean, motion out. And now you're like, okay, what's going on? This ain't, this ain't a big running back that has no hands. This guy has great hands. And that, that's just that's him on the offensive side of the ball. Now we've got to look on the defense, excuse me, on the special team side, where now you've got a guy that's that's punt returning. You got a, that's, you got a guy that's kick returning. So that'll be huge. And his biggest impact is going to be obviously on special teams. You see what we did. Latavius Murray being added to the squad. Damian Harris added to the squad. And now you have James Cook that's going into his second year. So, like, touches are going to be... It's going to be uh, scarce. Let me just put it. I'm being nice. It's going to be scarce to get some, 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 some actual touches, some meaningful touches in this offense. So if you're going to make an impact, if you're going to, to create something that's going to get us above and get us going, that, my friends, is in the part return game, and that's in the kick return game. I mean, you saw it against the Patriots. I mean, it came out guns a-blazing. And you couldn't have asked for a better a better opportunity. So shout out to Naeem Hines. He is my number two role player on the squad that is going to get us above and beyond and get us popping and get us growing. Because that's exactly what we need, folks. 
and, it, and it's all said and done. Josh Allen is fantastic. Josh Allen is amazing. Josh Allen is elite. But it also, it helps when you've got everyone doing their role, everyone playing their part, right? Picture this. We, we're getting ready to get after the quarterback. Here comes Boogie Basham. Boogie Basham on the other end comes in and sandwiches quarterback with AJ Epinesa. Boom, two role players creating something. We've created now fourth down. Team's got a punt. They're in their own end because we sacked them on their own end. We got it. Now it's a punt return for, for, for our man. Naeem Hines takes it back to the house or gets us right back onto the 15-yard line. Those are key. That is key. Those are key roles for players like Naeem Hines, and I think that he's going to do great. Now, would he prefer to have an opportunity to run the football and get in the mix? Because I'm sure when they traded for him from Indianapolis, they're like, okay, shoot, they're going to use me. They're at least going to use me in this run game like Indy did. Problem is they didn't. So is has he accepted his role? Has he accepted his role or is he going to be fighting to get some time onto the field and actually run the football? But you also got to protect your asset in terms of how many touches you give him on the field because that is also your part return and kick returner. So that is where it's it falls tricky. It falls tricky. It's a, it's almost like it's a curse, but it's a gift at the same time because that's your way of contributing to the team. But at the same time, I want to be I want to be a running back. Put me in the game, coach. And that's where coach is going to have to kind of limit his touches. But when he does get on the field, you got to take full advantage of it. So shout out to my man, Naeem Hines. I believe Naeem Hines will be our number two role player going forward for success this year. Folks, who is my number one player? I got a one. I got one player that to me was unanimous. I thought this was the, the I couldn't I couldn't look anywhere else. But this player here. Who do you think I have as my number one player? Because I could have went on, I could have went defense, could have went offense, I could have went special teams. Who knows, man? So by the time what? But while you guys are thinking of who I have, I gotta, I gotta answer this uh, wonderful super chat from my lady Linda West. What's up, Linda? Thank you for that super chat, Linda. Always appreciated. You know what I'm saying? And you know you never have to give that up. So I appreciate that very much. So uh, thanks for great live show, Rico. Go Bills. I appreciate you, Linda West. What's happening? So. Folks, number one player, who is it? Is it Kincaid? Is it Jordan Phillips? Is it Ed Oliver? Who do we have as our role player? Is it Damian Harris? Well, let me tell you something. I'll talk to you about my honorable mention. Who did I have? Where did I put my, oh, no, my honorable mention? Oh, yes, there we go. My honorable, honorable mention would have been, was going to be Terrell Bernard. I didn't know where I was going to place Terrell Bernard, but Terrell Bernard was going to make my list. And the reason I was going to put Terrell Bernard on the list is because, listen, man, we got a linebacker. We just drafted one in the third round, but we also drafted Mr. Terrell Bernard in the third. So what's the deal? Where is he going to find his role? And I feel like with McDermott being the new play caller, my man could have had an opportunity to, to be utilized, maybe in a dime package, maybe in a nickel, a, new, a bigger nickel, and put him in there. Who knows how we would have played out? I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Teron Johnson, but like there's going to be, I'm sure there's going to be multiple packages for these players to get going. So that was my honorable mention. I, he was going to make the list, but I was like, nah, we cool. We're going to make the, we're going to make the list. So to me, I think this was, uh, to me, it was, it was a simple one and uh, I didn't want to waste any more time. So for me, the biggest addition to this team 
on the defensive side of the ball is Taylor Rapp. Taylor Rapp comes in at 25 years of age, and he comes in with experience in this game, and he comes in with versatility. You can put Taylor Rapp in the box. You can actually make him cover, and you can actually send him back deep. What I love about this is you can actually create packages for him to, to blitz from the edge because he does that so damn well. That is a huge role for this player to fill because I imagine there will be opportunities where you'll see Taylor Rapp, you'll see Micah Hyde, you'll see Jordan Poirier all on the field at the same time. They might come close to the box and might kind of drop out one stays. Who's blitzing? Could it be Poirier? Because Poirier is a damn good blitzer from a safety position. Is it Taylor Rapp? Picture us in nickel. Picture us in dime. You got Taylor Rapp on the on the dime team. And then you bring in a Terrell Bernard at the same time. So, like what? So is this, is this, do we do we think that this team is going to run the football? I mean, we're prepared for that, but we're also prepared for coverage with these type of players. So a lot of guys on this team have so much versatility. And Taylor Rapp brings you for he's the he's the key cog and versatility on this team. You can't go wrong with a guy like Taylor Rapp. So salute to salute to the Bills on finding youth in that position. Salute to the Bills on finding an ability to bring in a solid tackler on this team. Because Lord knows there were some moments that were frustrating. Were frustrating, and we just could not get out of our own way because we just missed tackle after tackle. And if you go back to the Bengals game, my goodness, you saw what did what Mixon did to us. Mixon ran all over us. We just could not tackle. Now, whether you want to blame it on the weather, whether you want to blame it on the cold, whether you want to blame it on our head wasn't in the game, the results are the results. So we solved that problem, if you will, by adding that third safety. Now, here we are. He's 25 years of age. Jordan Poirier, just a month ago, was talking about potential retirement. So who knows where his foot is? His foot inside the is he is, is he on this team or is he is he on the brink of retiring? Who knows? He didn't get the contract that he fully deserved outside of Buffalo. I feel like Buffalo knew that they didn't have the money to keep him, so they said go test the market. And when he tested the market, the market was not so great to him. So he says, you know what? Ah, shoot, should I retire or let me just go back because I still got left in me? I mean, it could be deflating. You work your tail off to get these accolades, the all pros and pro bowls. And when you think you, you got it, it's a little too late. If Jordan Poirier were 29 years of age, he's getting the bag. There's no question about it. He gets the bag. But when you're pushing 32, it's a little different. It's a little different. So in comes Taylor Rapp being 25 years of age. So if any of these guys decide to, you know what, after next year, I think I'm done or a major injury happens, which we, we don't want to happen. Taylor Rock comes in and handles business. And I hope that with the new defensive coordinator that we have in Sean McDermott, with his aggressive play style, we will see a lot of Taylor Rock in the box and getting after and getting that blitz and disrupting, right? And in one, once Von Miller is healthy and ready to go, what a different defense this is going to be. I look forward to it. Von Miller changes his defense tremendously. So you're bringing Von Miller into this in the equation. Taylor Rapp coming into the box. Mad pressure coming off the edge with, J- with Greg Rousseau, Ed Oliver. You got Puna Ford holding it down. Jordan Phillips. We've got, a, we've got a good team. We've got good deep depth on the defensive front. 
Shout out to Brandon Bean for filling those roles because I'm going to tell you right now, man, we did not have the dough. We did not have the bread to go out and spend major money in free agency, but we, we, we actually tend to, we did pretty damn good. We filled the void on the defensive side of the ball in the defensive trenches. We filled the void at the receiver room. We filled the void at the tight end room. We filled the void at the linebacker room. We did pretty good for the limited amount of money that we had. And on top of that, we earned two draft picks and a comp pick for next year. So we're going to have a total of 11 picks next year. Let's roll. And let's not forget, we added Shane Ray. Thank you very much for that trip, my man, uh, Drippy, Drippy TV. Now, who knows what Shane Ray is going to bring to the squad? But the fact of the matter is this. We added some depth. We added some names that did well collegiately. And that's Shane Ray. Shane Ray has been, what, I think he's added the lead last year. And, uh, and he's, he's making a comeback. And he made, a, he made an impression in camp, at the rookie camp. And here he is, signed the contract and ready to go for camp. Is he, is he a long shot to make this team? Absolutely. But can he make this team? You damn right he can. He's going to be going up against Alexis Shaq, Shaq Lawson, uh, Boogie Basham, uh, AJ Epinesa. So there's going to be competition on the end. So salute to, to, to Shane Ray, DJ Dale, defensive tackle is in the building. So there's going to be some competition this year. We may, we may not have had the bread to go and spend major money but we definitely brought we definitely brought some some nice pieces to this team, so I'm looking forward very much to seeing what Taylor Rapp is 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 going to bring to this team the youth, the tenacity, the nastiness to get in the box, and the ability to get to stay in coverage. I'm looking forward to it, man. Love every bit of it. So let's recap the five full the five role players that we that I see uh, carving out a position for themselves to help this team succeed. And, and get over that hump, get over that, that, that annoying hump that we just can't seem to get over in the postseason. We're going to have to get it together. We're going to have to do things we have not done before. So it starts with our role players. When our guys may not be able to pick it up, our guys may not be able to do what they're supposed to do. This is where your role players come in and do, and do their job and boost where we may not, be, may not have the juice. And then now when everything's clicking, when your stars are clicking, your role players are clicking, we're damn near unstoppable. We got a good squad coming back. So we'll see. So let's start with number five. We got my man Boogie Basham. 6'3", 280. Thank you very much for correcting me on that. 6'3", 280. Ability to play on the inside. Ability, ability to play on the outside. Five tech. And folks, this is a second rounder, man. This is a guy that's hungry for it. And right now, it turns out that Von Miller is seeing the work that my man is putting in. So could we have a big year coming from Boogie Basham? I'm looking forward to it. I want to see it. Second rounder for crying out loud. Show me what you got. Let's go. Next in line is AJ Epinesa. AJ Epinesa is going to be building off that six and a half sacks he had last year. And I'm looking forward to it. And the fact of the matter is this. He's potentially going to his last year of his deal. So this is a win-win for the Bills because you're going to get everything he's got because he's, he's a little motivated. He's, he's got extra motivation, a little extra sauce, a little extra pep in his step. To, to be able to contribute to this team and only contribute, but put some tape on. So other teams, if the bills don't bring him back, he's setting himself to up, self setting himself up to be somewhere else, but you got the ability right now to show what you got with this bills and maybe you get retained. We'll see how that goes. So that's number four, AJ Epinesa. Number three, second year player, Kalusha Kier. I'm looking forward to seeing what Kalusha Kier can bring to the squad. 
He's going to his second year in the same system. He should have that number three spot locked down, in my opinion. I don't care that we brought in Deontay Hardy. Deontay Hardy still got to earn it. Yes, you got a nice little paycheck, but you still got to earn it. And you're behind the eight ball because AJ, excuse me, my man Khalil Shakir is all over it. So Khalil gives you the ability to run in the backfield if you need to, get him in the slot, get him out wide. He can do it all. Put him anywhere, he'll make a play. And that's what I love about my man Khalil Shakir. So he's my number three player to shine and get this thing going from the role position. Number two, Naeem Hines. His biggest contribution will be on special teams. It's going to be kick return. It's going to be punt return. And it's going to be field position. Field position is going to be name of the game. Get us an ability to get up there, get that advantage for us, and let Josh cook. You know Josh is going to do what he does. Now, are you solely a kick returner, punt returner? No. You also have the ability to run the football. And I'm hoping that Ken can find a way to cut you up maybe five carries in a game. I don't even know. That might be even too much. Because sometimes we only get 15 carries all game. So I'm looking for, I don't know how they're going to spread the love to all these, these running backs that we have, but I hope Naeem Hives isn't just cut out as a punt return kick return because when they, when they got his ass from Indianapolis, I'm sure of it, he didn't see it as, I'm just going to be kick return, punt return. Unless that's the conversation that Brandon Bean had with him, which I highly doubt. I think is you're going to be a contributor. We want you to do things with this team. I think you're going to be great, but we never ended up using the brother. Go figure. So hopefully this is the year that you get it together and uh, Naeem Hines behind, be, becomes that all-time contributor. Last but not least, number one, Taylor Rapp. Need I say more? Young safety coming in, has had success in this league, veteran ability, still 25 years of age, and will we'll cover out a spot for him. And this could be a, a, a position he carves out for him going forward, right? This might be a long-term thing. So he needs to have a, a fantastic year in order for him to get that, that second contract or third contract, if you will, that'll keep him in Buffalo for for Serbia future. But he's got to have a massive year. Honorable mention to Rob Bernard, and I'm going to add one more person on the defense side of the ball. And I can go two ways. I can go Damien Harris, because I thought about Damien Harris being a role player, because we have two of the same players in Naeem Hines and James Cook. Smaller type backs, that can run that can run routes on the outside and our speed backs. Damien Harris, on the other hand, is more of a, a filled out smooth bruiser back. And I don't want to call him a bruiser back, but he's he's a guy that loves the contact and doesn't shy away from it. So we have a we have a bit of versatility there. So the running back room, I could have easily went and made that part of my 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 five role players. But I, I stayed away from that. I went with uh Naeem Hines. So Taylor Rapp rounds it out. And honorable mention for me, if it wasn't uh if it wasn't Harris. Uh, it would have been Christian Benford. Christian Benford would have been, I, I, I battled with that one. I battled with that one big time because Christian Benford comes off uh, as a nice zone player. And uh, it was him and, and Kyer Elam kind of simultaneously switching off with people, right? Switching off by, okay, this team plays a lot of man. Kyer, here you go. Okay, this, this, they're playing a lot of zone. Here comes Christian Benford. Christian, Christian Benford got hurt. Don't mind, mind you. Christian Benford for the sixth round draft pick. The sixth round draft pick was taking reps away from the number one. And that, that had everybody kind of heated. I know it had me heated. So we, we will see how this plays out, man. So uh, that to me was the honorable mention, Christian Benford, because not only is he going to be playing corner this year, there was word that eventually he's smart enough, he's intelligent enough, he's got the physical tools to, to switch back to safety. Uh, but they're not ready for that yet. I think they're going to let him fulfill his role as a corner. 
and maybe a year from now, two years from now, he 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 mans the spot and goes to safety. So could you see him playing both this year? Absolutely. So, but I'm looking forward to seeing what Christian Bedford can bring to this team because we've got some physical guys on this team that can really make a difference. Christian Bedford, honorable mention, goes to him. Um, so folks, that's it, man. That's that's my squad. That's my uh that's who I that's who I envisioned as my my five players that I felt that were going to carve a role for themselves. And I think they're gonna do a fantastic job, especially because we got a new, a new coordinator and a new, a more aggressive coordinator. So we could see AJ Epinesa come into fruition and, and really turn out to be maybe that's the guy we keep, right? Going forward, Greg Rousseau and so on as, as depth piece. Or maybe it's Shaq Lawson. Shaq Lawson creates himself something, or it's Boogie Basham holding it down. So Listen, the the possibilities are endless with this team, and I look forward to seeing how camp is going to play out. OTAs right now, it's voluntary. You're not going to get everybody there. So a lot of storylines are going to be very light. But wait till contact starts. Wait till everybody starts showing up to camp, and that's when you know what's really good. And I got to say this, though. One last thing. Trey White, you guys have heard me say it multiple times where – he wasn't himself, and I think we know he wasn't himself all the way through last year, coming in and playing six games. So he's got a full offseason, full OTAs, full mini camp, full training camp. And Brandon B says he's as, as focused and ready to go as ever. So hopefully this is the Trey White that we get back. I don't know if we're going to get that. I don't know. Because of what, what happened last year and, and him coming off that, that knee, it, he didn't look the same. And will he return to being the same? Well, chatter is he's looking better than ever. So that is encouraging. I'm, I'm grateful for that. I love hearing that. And we'll see how this 23-24 season breaks out and tails out. So um, that's it for me, folks. I wanted to just break that out there and send that to you. And uh, if you guys agree with that, smash that like. If you feel like, you know what, Rico, you kind of missed the player. I think you should have put this guy in your, in your, in your, on your list. Hit me with your five. Rank them up from uh, your least least likely or not even your least likely your fifth all the way to your first send me that throw in the chat let me know how it goes and we'll go from there and um this is uh this is actually a uh, uh i got something to bring up that i want to i want your opinion on this this is for and this is non-football talk let me just remove remove my banner here this is not football talk and this, this is for pet owners this is for pet owners that have dogs cats whatever the case is right so i'm gonna i'm not i'm not a dilemma per se but uh let me just explain to you guys what it is. So my neighbor across the street from me, he, you couldn't have asked for a better neighbor. He is fantastic. Him and his family are great. Uh, they come over for supper and we do, we, we do neighborly things, right? I never had that ever. So I, I moved to this area where the neighbors are freaking amazing. So he has a dog that I guess is, um, it's one of those dogs that don't live past 11. And by the way, salute to everybody that appreciate this show, that love the show. Smash that like while you guys are in here. Um, so he's got a dog that's 11, that's 10, turning 11. And apparently the vet says these dogs don't live past 11. Usually 11 is the time. So they're in a position now that the dog is just kind of hurting. I think he hurt his leg and it told him that it was bad. And, and when you take your dog or your cat or whoever to the vet, that bill is a hefty one. So they're in a, they're in a position to, pay a big load of, of dough to, you know what I mean, surgery for the dog, but the dogs only live until 11 anyway. So why do that? So potentially he's got to make a decision. 
and and putting putting the dog down. But I know the dog has out of the other medical conditions. It's just you don't want your dog to suffer. So my question to y'all is, what do you do for someone that's going to be potentially put in that position to make that decision? Because that is, I don't have any pets, but I'm. I mean, I know enough of my friends that got pets, and that's that's part of the family. So what do you do for if they have to make that decision? How do you console or, or is what is it that you can do? I mean, it's tough, man, because I, I, I feel for them because I see them walking the dog and they're trying to spend their, their last days with the dog and stuff. But like, man, that's rough. That is rough. So I figured I'd, I'd come to you guys. You guys, I'm sure some of you guys have some some pets in your family. So what what advice do you have for your boy? What do you do? You come in and just give flowers and say my condolences, like once they make that decision. And I think it's leaning towards that decision. I'm kind of curious as to what your your thoughts are on that because I I'm stuck, brother. I I don't know, and I feel for them because I mean they got two kids and the two kids know that it's gonna happen, and uh, it, it is tough. So like, do you just kind of you know what I'm saying hug to the family, send flowers, a card, and keep it keep it moving? Is there more that you can do? Do I just kind of let it be and just kind of let them them deal? I don't know. I'm in that I'm in that position where I'm like, what do you do? And I, my neighbors are great. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're fantastic. So I want to do something nice, but I'm in that position. I'm like, yo, what do, what do you do for that? You know what I'm saying? So I know it's just one of those situations. You just got to be there for them and just say, you know what? It is what it is. I mean, it's no different from when a family member passes, right? There's no, there's no, there's not a whole lot you can do. You just, you just be there and, and do what you can. But it's a little different when you know, you got to go and do that deed for your pet. Uh, so I figured I'd ask you guys, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? My man, what did Joey say? Joey says, uh, attached becomes part of the family, whether people want to admit it or not. Best thing you can do is be there for them and maybe set up a GoFundMe to help the dog with its medical bills. Maybe you can get a little help myself. That's a good idea, actually. That's a fantastic idea because this, uh, our neighbors is like, he's like the glue to the neighborhood, right? Everybody galvanizes around that person and he's he's brought people so together. So that is a damn, that's that's really cool. I like that. I, I like that idea. Fallen Angel says, you'll have compassion for them. No, there's no question about that. I might even just have them over for supper and kind of, you know what I mean, hang out with them and stuff. But like, it's tough. Like, your house is full of, you know, dog stuff, dog toys. It's tough, man. I feel for them. I'm not a dog. I don't have any pets or any of that nature. So, can't relate. But I, I sympathize. You know what I'm saying? I empathize. Excuse me. So, we'll see. But anyways, I wanted to bring that up to you guys and see what your thoughts were. Um, bring them a rainbow bridge card. I'm not sure what that is, Debbie, but I'll look that up. I'll look that up. Uh, let me see what I got here. Uh, great question. Um, I would go over with a six pack, a bottle of whiskey or sherry and have a moment to share thinking about their loss. Honestly, that might not be a bad idea, honestly, because that's the type of people they are. So that's a good idea. Um, but folks, that's it for me, man. I just want to share that with you guys. But if you guys enjoyed that show, smash that like. Tell me who your five role players are. We know who the stars are. We know who the stars are. You know who the stars are going to be. Kincaid could be a star in the making. Dorian Williams could be a star in the making. We don't know, especially in this type of defense and this offense. But who are your your role players? Let me know. Put it in the chat, and we'll go from there. By the way, No Doubt says he has Spencer Brown, his number five. He's got Gabe Davis, his number four. He's got uh, Shaq Lawson, his number two. He's got Vaughn. If I'm reading that, five Brown, four Davis, three Shaq, two Vaughn, and he's got, I guess, honorable mention is going to be Bernard. That's tough. I mean, Vaughn is a star. Davis is pretty much a star. And Spencer Brown's a starter. So 
we'll we'll see. Well, I don't know. Maybe we'll see how we'll see how that plays out. We'll see how that plays out. But uh, I like that list. The list is not bad. The list is not bad at all. So send me your list. Let me know what your thoughts are, and uh, we'll go from there. So folks, enjoy the rest of your week. I'm gonna try to be back on Friday. It's the off season, so we're trying to do like one show a week. Uh, but if sing, if things come up, you know how things go, man. There's always some news, breaking news that happen. You know your boy's going to be right at it on Friday night. So that being said, you guys, I appreciate your time. You don't want to be here, but you always hang out with your boy, and I appreciate that very much so. And uh, we we look to do this again, as always. So until next time, folks, we will catch you guys on the flip. And it's always a pleasure. And it's the Rico Report. And if you guys are looking at the QR code right here, do me a favor. Take your phone. Camera out. Pop that thing on there. You'll see everything you know right on that QR code. Move this thing forward. Now you get so you're both got a QR so folks enjoy the rest of the evening it's your boy Rico it's the Buffalo Fanatics it's the Rico Report appreciate you and we'll catch you guys on the flip side have yourself a blessed night it's your boy and I'm gone have a good night peace Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.